Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Scottish Clans. I'm Clint, and I appreciate you joining me for this episode on a few inter- interesting things about the Lamonts. Now, I'm doing this in opposite order than I did with the Maclean's. With the Maclean's, I talked about interesting things about the Maclean's, and then I transitioned in two subsequent episodes into a story involving the feud between the Maclean's of Duart and the McDonald's of Kintyre and the McDonald's of Slate, but mostly Kintyre. So doing it in opposite order. We had the story first with the Lamonts, and then we're transitioning over to this episode with a few interesting things about them. And how do I pick the interesting things that I want to talk about with any given clan? Well, a lot of the times it's something that teaches a specific point or aspect of our topic at hand, which is the Scottish clans. And then sometimes it's just something that strikes my fancy and it's pretty arbitrary. So that's what we're doing today. A few interesting things about the Lamonts. Now, before I get too far into this, let me give a shout out to my friends, Eric and Rocky over at USA Kilts. They have a a great business with what products they put out, which uh, it's a pretty broad range of, of products, but it's pretty centered around the kilt. Everything you would ever wear with a kilt, they've got things of for men, things for women, things but it doesn't matter. Anybody could wear it. Um, I also want to mention their store. Uh, so besides the storefront, which where you'd actually buy those products, their their YouTube channel, which is USA Kilts and Celtic Culture, they have a huge range of topics, but it all promotes Scottish culture. So go over and check them out at USA Kilts and Celtic Traditions on YouTube or go to usakilts.com and, and check out their awesome products. They have more on that later. Now, in addition to my sponsor, I have one other shout out to give. This I, I'm, I'm going to give a shout out to, to Bailey. So here's the funny thing. My wife could not be less interested in Scottish clans. It just it just had zero appeal. Now she has listened to a few episodes because she loves me and she's a, a wonderful, caring wife. But that's it. That's the only reason why she did it. Um, now the the funny thing is is that when her one of her best friends is an avid listener, will will listen have the podcast in her ear while she's doing chores around the house. She'll every once in a while shoot me a little question. And not a lot of my listeners will get a personal text, <laughs> but I just want to say, Bailey, I appreciate you jumping on board here and, and the feedback that you've given and the support that you've, you've had for this. So thank you for doing that. All right. So the, uh, the, the Lamonts, there's, I'm going to mention two interesting things that I think teach us something. And then I, there's a little bit of a story. So the McLean's got six interesting things. The Lamonts, they're not getting six, but they're getting two interesting things and a story. So I hope, Lamonts, that you, those of you who are connected in any way to that clan appreciate this or feel like it's, it's done justice to you guys. Once again, these interesting things episodes about any given clan, it's not meant to be an exhaustive history of any of the clans. It's, it's just meant to point out a few highlights, okay? You can really, really, really easily just go read a Wikipedia article or electricscotland.com or a half dozen other websites that give basic short clan histories. I would say that electricscotland.com gives a little bit more 
you could go to Wikipedia and go to their references. A lot of time they have links to articles, some of them even scholarly written online. Anyway, that guy, so that's my, not my point. That You can go that direction for a more comprehensive history of any of the clans that we talk about here. It's just to give a few highlights out there. So let's get into a few of the highlights about the Lamans. The first one is going back to something I did a whole other episode on with Clan Anrahan. Now, Clan Anrahan doesn't get a lot of attention as far as the, this cluster of clans, but I did do a whole clan cluster episode on this group of clans that claim descent from this O'Neill prince. So the O'Neills were a very powerful kindred in Northern Ireland, part of a broader kin group that claims descent from Neil of the Nine Hostages, going clear back to, I don't know, the late 300s, early 400s AD. And the O'Neills were one of those, and they were the kings of Tyrone in Northern Ireland. And Anrahan was a prince among them. And his story, just really quickly, is that he gave up his position of leadership as a prince among the O'Neills in the in the kingdom of Tyrone, which is now just a county, but it was bigger and, and uh, was ruled by the O'Neills as kings back in earlier days. He, he left that to settle in Argyle. And by the way, just for a time reference, they think that Anrahan was born somewhere before 1033. So he leaves his position as a prince in Argyle to settle up in or as among the O'Neills to settle in Argyll in Scotland and begets, from his posterity, we have some significant clans of the West Highlands that claim, that claim descent from him. So amongst these clans, so we have the Lamonts, then we have the McEwans of Otter, the McNeils of Barra, and the McLaughlins. And I'm not going to go into detail about how each of them tie back into Anrahan. I just think that's an interesting point. There, there's two th points that I think are interesting about this story, and probably more if we really want to dive into it, but the two are, it's rare to see a person give up such a lofty position, and I wish we knew more about his story, about why he would leave that position. Was there something he was going running away from, some kind of situation that wasn't to his liking, and so he's seeking greener pastures, or was there something attractive about an opportunity in Scotland or, or maybe a mix of both. I think whenever a person leaves their homeland, any big, huge decision I've ever had in my life, there wasn't usually one factor involved. There's usually several and probably the same for you guys too, listening. All right. So that's what I think is interesting. It's just rare that somebody gives up such a high position to go somewhere else, but he did well for himself in Scotland. And we have those significant clans one way or another, tying back into him as their ancestor. The other interesting point, I think, about Anrahan is, and, and him being an O'Neill prince in Northern Ireland and then going sitting in Argyll, is I, I, it reinforces something that I've seen a lot of. I think I really came to appreciate this concept that I'm going to mention here at reading Michael Newton's Warriors of the Word. And that is that there's such a strong cultural continuity between Ireland and Gaelic Scotland. They not only did they speak it, well, the up the the highest how the classical Gaelic that that they spoke 
was there was a continuity really strong between in fact i think i read that it was even the same pretty well the same language um, amongst the more learned classes within Gaelic society between Ireland and Scotland. But it was, so they had the shared language in common. They shared their myths. The Highlanders, as well as the Irishmen, were learning legends of Finn McCool and Cúchulainn from the time they were just old enough to understand language at all. And they came up with those values of one of the best things you could possibly be if you were a man is a, is a capable warrior. And so, yes, well, so I think this him migrating to Scotland demonstrates some of that cultural continuity that exists between Northern Ireland and, and the Western part of Scotland. Anyway, so moving on to number two, the Lamonts sided with the MacDougals against Robert the Bruce. So they were one of the, and, and this puts them in an interesting position. So Bruce, he wins the throne and rewards those who backed him at the expense of those who didn't. And this was the first in a long history with the Lamonts of losing territory to the Campbells because the Lamonts had backed, who had sided with the MacDougals. Now, you understand, got to understand the MacDougals were very powerful. They, what they were as we get into the 1500s and then even up into the Jacobite years, they're a mere shadow of what they were pre-Robert Bruce. They were the lords of Lorne. They were they were vastly they they were senior in the descendants of Summerled to the Macdonalds and the McRorys. They were of the three major Summerled clans, or the McSorleys. The McDougals were the senior ones, and until they lost big to Robert the Bruce, they were the most powerful. But this was. I would say their downfall, but they managed to hang on as a kindred, whereas not every kindred did hang on. So, so they, they, it's not a complete sad story from the McDougals, but we see a sad story developing with the Lamonts because they sided with the McDougals. I'm, I guess I'm just offering that information about the McDougals and how powerful they were as support for the Lament decision to back the McDougals and to side with them. Is it was very it was not it was not clear at all at a certain point in time that Robert the Bruce was going to win the, the throne. Anyways, we've talked in the Clan Cluster episode about the origin of the Campbells in their early early days, and the the Campbell chief was a was a fervent, devoted follower of Robert the Bruce, and they are actually cousins, and so he was rewarded with some Campbell lands. And this started in a long history of the Lamonts losing territory to the Campbells. In fact, what it puts the Lamonts in is uh, one of the, one of the earliest clans to lose real estate to the Campbells and dates clear back to those wars of independence. Um, the Lamont territory was considerably larger than what it would be in the 15, 16, and into the 1700s as you go back farther in time, especially pre-Robert the Bruce. Um, now, so that's that's an important point number two. Now, before I go into this interesting story that I found about the uh, uh, interaction between the Lamonts and the McGregors, I want to give the the real 
shout out here to USA Kilts. So their, their YouTube channel, USA Kilts and Celtic Traditions. Awesome content and lots of it. It's a very broad range of topics that they cover, but the common thread that runs through all the videos is that they promote Scottish culture. I do think they, they did a St. Patrick's Day thing, but it it ha, it was from the Scottish perspective as far as wearing kilts and stuff like that. And it was kind of a, a comedy thing. So you, go, you should go check it out. They're, they're putting out some great content on YouTube. And like I said, there's tons of it. There's so much, and they're so good at anticipating questions or answering actual questions. And so I found that the topics of their videos are very relevant. So go check that out. Also, usakilts.com, which is the storefront. They're offering top quality products. I own one of their kilts. I love wearing it. I did get a compliment a couple weeks ago. I'd worn it out on a, for a Sunday walk with the kids. And the next day, my neighbor saw me out. I think I was doing a workout or something in, in the driveway. And he he just came over and just gave a very genuine compliment about the kilt. His last name's McCoy, and he really, really wants to get a kilt, but his wife's not on board. And I just told him to go ahead and do it anyway. But, you know, it's a free country, and he does what he thinks his marriage can handle. Um, so it's not just top quality products. It's it's a very personal, awesome customer service. Free shipping within the U.S. These guys love what they do. And they do it really, really well. So if you're looking, if you're at all in the market for a kilt, try out USA Kilts. All right. Now, I'm going to jump over to a story. So I told you I'd mention two interesting things about the Lamonts, and then I would tell you a story. And now, before actually, there's a couple other things I want to mention before I get to this story. Just a couple of side notes. But I do think it's relevant. It's actually coming off of last episode about the Danoon Massacre. All right. One thing I didn't mention about the Campbells is that the the Campbells, so the Lamonts, look, I'm not saying that the Lamonts started the whole thing. This this tension between these two kindreds goes back a long ways. But the thing that was most immediate prior to the massacre was a Lamont raid into Campbell territory in support, support of the Marquis of Montrose. And I mentioned one thing I failed to, to include as an important important aspect of that when the Campbells re retaliate is as a Highland chief, a Highland chief, a core, core, core part of his function as a chief is to preserve the honor of the clan and protect his clan. And so... It doesn't matter if it's part of a bigger conflict and the Lamonts were acting under the orders of the Marquis of Montrose or Charles I or whoever was giving them orders. It doesn't matter. When they see this as a kindred that has raided into their territory and have actually taken lives of their men, the Highland chief is of any clan in this kind of a position is in a, a bit of a, a moment to prove himself that he is a capable leader of his clan. Now, should the Campbell chief not have retaliated and retaliated hard against the Lamonts for this raid, that would significantly weaken his position as head of the Campbell kindred. And and then it's like blood in the water with sharks circling if we're going off of models set by 
other instances in other clans. And so he that just to, to help you understand the position that that puts him in as not not as the, the whatever he was at the time. I think he'd graduated from Earl to Duke or Marquess or something of Argyle, not not the feudal title, but the head of the kindred, the, the chief. That the, there is there's a lot of pressure on him to go back into Lament territory and go hard on him. Okay, and I'm not I'm never never justifying murder. And I did have to make that clear on Facebook for some reason. But somebody felt like I has been a little too lenient to the Campbells. And all I'm really trying to do is to look at this from both angles, okay? I, I don't have Lament, any, any significant amounts of Lament or Campbell. I'm sure if I go back up into those Scottish part of my family trees, you, you can tie into just about every clan if you do that. But I don't have any significant emotional attachment to either clan. And so just to, just to put that out there, I'm just trying to look at it from both sides. All right. Now, um, another responding to another comment in after the last episode was put out, a listener mentioned that the Raven Report, which I did mention as one of my sources, is notoriously bad history. Now, the only thing I used from this source were details regarding the Lament Raid in the Campbell Territory during the conflicts of the 1640s. All right. Now, these details were that the Lament, the Lament force went into the lands of Strachar. So now we're dealing with the MacArthur clan. Now, the MacArthurs were not just a branch of Campbells, but they have a pretty strong claim that they are actually the senior branch. And if you want more information on that, go back into my clan cluster episode series. There's three different episodes on the Campbells. So the Lamets go into Strucker, into MacArthur territories, who, who were Campbells, and killed 33 men, women, and children, destroyed much grain, and drove off 340 cattle and horses. So that's what I, the, the specific details that I mentioned from the Raven Report. And somebody said, yeah, well, that guy's full of crap. Okay, and then I did mention, I, I mentioned when I was talking about that source that I didn't know what source the Raven Report was using because they never talk about it, but I did find it, by the way. Guys, those are, those numbers of kill, killing 33 men women, and, men, women, and children, destroying grain, driving off 340 cattle and horses, the Raven Report guy wasn't making that up. I, I'm on... Looking right now at clanlamentsociety.com in their history section, and it comes right off of the Clan Lament webpage. That's probably where the Raven Report guy got it. I checked in the uh, our Holy Writ of Scottish Clans, the Collins Scottish Clan and Family Encyclopedia, and he doesn't mention figures in there, but um, he does mention a different place. He does. He says it. He they don't say Strucker, they say Kilman was the part of Campbell territory that the Lamets raided. So there are just some, some responses to some of the last episode that we put out. Now, let me talk about the story, all right? Um, we're going to talk about a story between of something that happened between the McGregors and the Lamets. And the reason I picked and want to share the story with you is because it illustrates the concept of hospitality as Highlanders saw it and how sacred it was and why it's such an egregious dark thing when people have transgressed that those laws of hospitality. So I'm going to read it straight off of the clanlamentsociety.com website. 
Here it goes. A tradition of Highland hospitality and chivalry concerns Clan Lomond and Clan Gregor. The story is supposed to take place around the year 1600. The son of the chief of Clan Lomond and the only son of MacGregor of Glenstray, chief of Clan Gregor, went hunting together on the shores of Loch Awe. After the two men had made camp at nightfall, they eventually became embroiled in a quarrel at the end of which Lomond grabbed his dirk and MacGregor was mortally wounded. Lomond then fled hotly pursued by MacGregor's furious retainers, until losing his way and eventually making it to the house of the MacGregor chief himself. On hearing that Lamont was fleeing for his life, MacGregor promised the lad protection. Soon enough, though, the old MacGregor guessed it was his own son who had been slain, but considered himself bound to the Highland laws of hospitality, saying, Here this night you shall be safe. Unquote. With the, with the arrival of the furious MacGregor clansmen who, who pursued the young Lament, the MacGregor chief was true to his word and protected Lament from his clansmen's vengeance. Later, while it was still dark, the chief had Lament personally conducted to Dunderave on Loch Fyne and provided him with a boat and oars. The chief bid him leave quickly, saying, Flee for your life. In your own country we shall pursue you. Save yourself if you can. Years later, a ragged man entered. Uh, sorry, a, a ragged man appeared at Toward Castle, desperately seeking shelter. The man was MacGregor of Glenstray, who had been stripped of his lands and possessions by the Campbells, and was fleeing for his life. The Lament chief remembered the honorable deed of MacGregor and offered him protection and provision. The old MacGregor lived with Lament for years until his death and was buried in honor in the graveyard at the chapel of Saint Mary on the farm of Toward and Ilt. And that is the story of the hospitality between the MacGregors and Lamonts that was reciprocated later years down the road, which I think is a cool, a cool story that illustrates that point and how sacred a lot of Highlanders considered. And that I found is a pretty common concept amongst people who live in rugged, harsh, terrain. I think amongst the Bedouins of Arabia and the Middle Eastern areas there, they have some pretty strong feelings about hospitality as well. So that's the, the common thread running through there. There's the story. I hope you liked it. Um, I hope I, I hope I did. I'm really trying to be fair between the Lamonts and the Campbells, but uh, and not being too judgmental, looking into years past and ages past and generations past and putting my own set of values and sticking them on them. I'm trying to learn about the culture back then and seeing it through their eyes and looking at both sides of this, some of these conflicts. And this this episode is not meant to be a uh, going in farther about the campbell Lament feud. It was just a few interesting things about the Lamonts. And so I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you'll enjoy, uh, join with me in the next episode. I, If you want to reach out and interact, I've got the Scottish clans at gmail.com for an email. It's an actual message you want to send me. It's probably the best way to do that. I, I am trying to get everybody's messages on Facebook. The Facebook group is out of control. It's got, the last time I checked, I'll bet you we're about at 12,000 members at this point. It's just, uh, it's not only just growing in membership, but it's, the engagement on it's really good. 
another way you can interact with me is send me a message on Podbean. I usually see those messages pretty good. And I mean, what I mean by pretty good is pretty consistently. I see those and I, I, you know what? There's a lot of con with that, with like 12,000 members on the Facebook group. I don't, I just, I don't see all the content that's posted by people on there. And a lot of it gets past me. So some of these other messages, you want to make sure that I see uh, a message from you, the Scottish clans at gmail.com or Podbean. Also, please feel free to leave me a rating on Apple Podcasts with a written review on that and let me know how I'm doing. And with that information on how to reach out, oh, one more invitation. Will you go ahead and subscribe or follow or whatever is the option on your platform of choice and, and like it and send it, share it with people that you think would enjoy this. Our our community is growing and growing and growing and it's really fun to see this happen. All these people who are interested in the same topic and are passionate about it. So thank you for all the interaction that you've had with me so far. And until next time, Marsh and Laven Dorasta.